hello. My name is Bonnie Grace Gilday Kennedy, and I'm the owner of Grace of Healing, where I serve as an Akashic consultant and healer. My intention for this podcast is to serve as an inspiration to you finding your own healing through self-love. Together, we will spend time exploring topics that lead us to a deeper understanding of what self-love is and what it looks like for each of us as individuals on our own journey. I am especially excited about interviewing inspiring guests whom have created great feats of healing for themselves through their own acts of self-love. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Self-Love with Grace of Healing. I'm so happy to announce my guest, Dr. Bertice Berry. Dr. Bertice Berry is a sociologist, a PhD. She's a best-selling author, an award-winning lecturer, and has been named Comedian of the Year lecturer of the year and entertainer of the year. She has published 11 best-selling books in both fiction and nonfiction and has won numerous awards and accolades for both her writing and presentations. Barry has had her own nationally syndicated television show and has hosted, interviewed, and made numerous television, documentary, and radio appearances on a variety of diverse venues, including The Tonight Show, Oprah Winfrey, Between the Lions, Crossfire, 2020, NPR, PBS, and Comedy Central, as well as CNN. Barry has used her unique gifts and talents as a writer and a ghostwriter for others on a wide range of topics, including race and gender issues, sociological studies, stratification, healthcare reform, humor, spirituality, sexuality, slavery and the abolitionist movement, weight loss and wellness, relationships, servant leadership, transformational leadership, diversity, and love. Barry has led parades, had classrooms named after her, and has been awarded over 10 honorary doctorates. She earned her own doctoral degree from Kent State University at the age of 26 and still sees her most fulfilling achievement and role in life as that of mother to five adopted children. If you ain't dead, you ain't done, a character in one of Barry's novels says. Barry believes that every one of us has been given a unique purpose and it is our obligation to find it and to use it to improve first our own self and then for those we live and work with. I'm honored to talk to you. I think that you are an amazing person. Well, thank you very much. It is a crazy little life I'm living. It is, um, yeah, it it is unique and wonderful and joyful and all of that at the same time. Yes, you know, I have to tell you that I came across you probably a year ago, and I 
You know how we kind of peek at things? And when I first started listening to you on Stories to Tell with Dr. Bertice Berry, I think I was holding my breath a little bit, just hoping that, wow, here's a person that she seems to really be connected in with herself. And every time that I would listen to you, I would feel like, wow, yes, and this. It was never, no, not that. It was always, yes, yes, and. And it was just so, so amazing for me to, like, I feel like, I'm, I, I'm, I am sure that everybody that listens to you, and especially those who know you, feel like they have this connection to you, right? But it was just very beautiful for me to experience feeling this connection to you and that I've never met you. And so that's why my soul is so happy this morning to be talking to you. Well, thank you. I think, yeah, I think that that's kind of the goal that we should strive to leave an impression that feels like, feels meaningful. Um, it feels deep um, and it feels like the truth, like we are already connected and, and, and our goal or job is to kind of remind people that we've known each other, that we've been connected, that we were always a part of one another. So that leads me to this place that I want to ask you about experiencing you from the distance that I am, that you have a true sense of self-love. And I know that you've also been responsible for raising five adopted children and that your job in that was not just to, not just to be here and provide for them, but to instill that in them also. So can you tell me about that? Yeah, um, it was probably one of the times in my life where, you know, you, you don't think about the future or what it will cost you. I, I like to think that I'm, that I don't just jump into anything, that I think about it, I plan it, I make observations. I, you know, I move quicker than most people do, but I take a lot of time or a lot of energy and a lot of thought into the decisions that I make. But that was one of those decisions that I didn't weigh a cost or worry about what it would do or how my life would change. It was just, yes, my mother called and said my sister's three children were in danger of going into foster care. And if a family member didn't take them, that's what would happen. And she, you know, said she didn't want that to happen. And she said, you need to take them. And I was looking out the window, my townhouse in Chicago in a high rise and looking out over Lake Michigan. And I, I just said, yes. And I knew that nothing would be as it was before. I knew my life would change. I knew and not planned on having children. I didn't. I wanted to live life, you know, kind of like a, my knapsack on my back, going <laughs> from here to there. And then it became this, this is what's what's about to happen. I just said yes. And then, you know, over a few years, two more children joined, <laughs> joined the family. 
and from similar situations and it, it was just what it was and you just keep rolling and now I find myself my granddaughter lives with her mom and dad but they live close to me and my son her father goes in a different direction for work in the morning and there's no way he would get his daughter to school so she's here and I'm taking her to school every morning I'm back in that carpool lane Ah. and the drop-off lane and you know I'm listening to Moana or Frozen or something (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's got a lot of high notes and you know and cartoons or you know because we don't do a lot of television and so in the morning while we're waiting for that the time to be picked up to, to get out of the car we can catch something or discuss something or count something or do something but here I am back with a you know at 60 with a five-year-old going to school every morning if anybody had said, you'll be doing this again, I was said, no, I won't. But I also said, no, I won't be a mother. And it is clearly one of the, has been one of the most instructional avenues of my life. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. The idea that you have the opportunity and that I have the opportunity to affect children and grandchildren and get to see them grow and change and reflect ourselves back to us, I think is probably one of the most beautiful gifts that I've received also as a person. Yeah. It's, and you see that you don't have the ego anymore. Like I went to parents night last night and you can see these parents like, well, is this good? Are they bad? Are they doing this? How are they doing it? And there was another grandmother with me and we were like laid back, like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I want to ask you about, uh, you have such strength. I just feel such strength from you. And obviously you've accomplished a lot and that takes more than strength, right? It takes determination and passion and energy and I think a, a true sense of self. So within that, being a person who has, who I've lived very true to myself, I know that I have had to overcome a lot of different things, but what has been the most difficult issue for you to confront, to heal, and to integrate from the perspective of being a woman? I don't know how I would weigh any of that because, you know, as a woman, particularly as a black woman, I think it's Paula Giddens that wrote, when and where I enter. Um, and when you where you enter, you enter whole, and you don't get to separate those things. Not knowing how much you navigate, you're constantly navigating other people's assumptions and their judgment and their assessment of who you are, why you are, and how you did what you did. And I, I'll be honest with you, prior to doing these stories, I wasn't aware of how much I did that Mm. or needed to do that. And I became aware of it because people start responding and saying, well, you did, you said this and you meant that and you did this, you know, you do it on a daily basis with maybe 20 people, but to do it on a daily basis with hundreds of thousands of people who you realize before you say a thing, 
you've got to take out somebody else's stuff or assumptions that you are saying something because of it. And, and I realized one day, and then I started asking some of my girlfriends, do you do this? And they're like, yeah. And I hadn't thought about it, but yeah. I mean, I literally, I drive this way instead of that way. I say this instead of that. I do this instead of that. Now, I'm probably a lot freer than most people because I work for myself, because I've rejected a lot of the standards of what is. And still, there is this navigating and letting go and letting it roll off your back and letting even when it's you know a dagger directed at you you've got to be a ninja a regular <laughs> move to the left if it's coming that way move this way <clears throat> yeah you know it's it's it, you don't realize how much grace you're giving and the expense of your own grace um and it makes me very strong and when people say to me how are you so gracious at doing this and my answer is almost always, well, 400 years of practice. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and, and it is true because we learn it from our mothers who learn it from their mothers who learn it from their mothers. You know, one day I was in an airport and a woman said, she didn't say anything to me. She just stared at me. And I nodded and smiled and got on the plane and got off. And she was, you know, she got off the plane and, and she said, and she said, I, I saw you inside. You just seemed really standoffish and arrogant. And like you were better than everybody else. And then I realized you were Dr. Patrice Berry. How did that change your opinion? And well, you just, I said, well, what about me? Were other people walking up to you and talking to you? Were they, you know, I mean, I, I, I noticed you staring and I nodded and I smiled and you, didn't say anything, and I, I didn't say anything. What was it about me that made me arrogant and standoffish? And she said, oh, nothing. Well, I, I will tell you that for myself, that it's only been the last few years that I have figured out that all of the things that people think and believe about me is a big projection that they have run through, you know, 5,000 5, of their unfilters before right. they've con kind of come to those understandings. And I have to say, oh, I have to say that I am at this point in my life so much less concerned with what other people are maybe projecting on me. And I'm much more interested in how I'm showing up in the world for myself and am, yeah. am I living in grace, right? Am I able yeah. to give myself the same forgiveness that I can give others and the same love that I can give to any person? It, it, that spoken like a white woman. I'm sure. I am so, I am so white. I know you don't know me. I am super white. I live in a very, very white place. I'm from Los Angeles originally. It was like, you know, very diverse, but, um, yeah, I have no, no beliefs that I'm anything other than what I am. And, and what I am is many things right. and a white woman right. is one of them. Right. Sure. No, what I mean is that I'm probably one of the freest people free of your judgment of me has nothing to do with me. I understand that. I, what you think of me has nothing to do with me. Right. I understand that. When your ability to get a house or a car or 
you know, to move through the world, even when you've worked incredibly hard for that to happen, is affected by the skin that you're in. Absolutely. It is, it is, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a whole nother it's a it's a planet that I wouldn't wish anybody to live on. And I would love to teach people how to I worked with a, a professor at Kent State who did a study of elite black women. She was a white woman from northern Minnesota. And one day I got up the nerve to ask her, why are you studying these elite black women? And she said, don't you get it? She said, if I can figure out how they became successful in the 40s and 50s with all the pressures of society, then I could figure out how to elevate every woman and girl in the world. And it was like, oh, yeah. So it's that thing that prior to this year, this COVID year, I didn't know how much of it I was navigating and Wonder Woman, you know, with the the lassos and the bracelets, and you're just like binging it off of you. Right. You don't know how much of it you're doing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that I have no idea what, what it is like to not be white, but I know that I have grandchildren that'll, that are people of color, and that mm-hmm. people treat me completely different when I have them with me. I know that yeah, to be true. Be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. um, to 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 walk through the world like that, loving your grandkids. There's going to be a way that we see into it. It will be with with families that see it from many angles. Yes, I live in a very small place, and it is. I don't even know the percentage of people of color that live there. So uh, you know, the interesting thing is not how many people there are, but how those people live and see the world. And, 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 and like you, if you, if you live with internal diversity, you can change the place that you're in. And you can change the feel of people who wouldn't feel like you do. Yes. And I... so if anything, I'm hoping to increase the desire for people to just experience more and know more. Yes. Well, I mean, that's the thing. People, a lot of those people have probably never been out of that town. So they've not experienced anything different than that. And then some people, there are also people there from all over the country, not from all over the world. I would like to say all over the world, but that that wouldn't be a a true statement. You know, we can't really understand people that aren't like us unless we are around people who are not like us, or at least appreciate that. But, you know, I'm trying to, just like everybody else, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate the world when I'm with my grandchildren, that they see themselves reflected back in the places that we go and the things that we do. And that there's a a joy in their childhood that isn't focused on that also, right? That there is just this place of, I am your grandmother, and we are going to have a great time today because of the amount that I love you. So it's very interesting. to diversity. You know, I went to parents' night with my daughter, and she showed me how they they have these flesh tone crayons, and they all went through and looked at the color that was closest to them. And because you know, I looked at my granddaughter's picture, and I was like, she drew it browner than she normally does. And she said, yeah, and she was very proud of it. She said, I'm brown. And my grand, my googie is dark brown. And, mm. <laughs> and and she said, we discuss it with all of the kids that this is beautiful and you should see it and you should see how beautiful it is and experience it and have friends that look like all of these people. And I was like, what? 
in one short moment, she expressed what I really wish people would do, that see the difference, embrace the difference, and learn from it. Yes, that's beautiful. So for myself, I feel like that my spiritual connection is what leads me and helps me to understand where I need to grow, where I need to change, where I need to open up. And I know that you are currently moving towards being a deacon in your church. Yes. Can you tell me about your spiritual practice? Well, it's my favorite. So first of all, it's my favorite thing. I'm a spiritual healer. I do Akashic work. And my most, the thing that I'm most passionate about is hearing other people's stories about themselves and what they believe and how their spirituality motivates them Mm -hmm. to exist in the world and how they feel filled up. So it's interesting that you asked, I'm sitting, you know, at the kitchen table just looks out over the marsh and the river and these you know these gigantic oaks that are hundreds of years old but in front of me is a stack of books right now my study towards the deacon the diaconate is really academic but at the same time it is incredibly spiritual and I had a meeting last week with other deacons and people on the education committees and going through my answers for one of my comprehensives and another woman who's going through hers and her answers as academic as it all is. It was also very spiritual that for me, academia is spiritual. Learning is a spiritual thing for me. So my spiritual practice, I'm I'm Episcopalian. Um, I wasn't raised Episcopalian, what they call a cradle Episcopalian. So learning the history and the meaning and the deeper meaning and why this was done and what it came from and what was the intention and what were these dudes doing and why, you know, mm-hmm. learning all of that is, is really beautiful. But last week in this meeting, someone said, one of the deans said, you know, the word belief came from the word beloved. And I was just like, what are you, what are you telling me? And he said, it's all about, it's not about what you do with your head. It's what you do with your heart and how that heart enters into relationship with others. So when we say we're believing, it was never meant to be this mental exercise of what I hold to be true or not true. That's really new. Believing was about what you what you weren't certain about, but like with your Akashic healing, what you could feel in the stones and in the bones. Yes. You know it's ancient, you know it's been there, you know it's always been there, and you feel the connectedness to and from and with and around, that it is in you and around you, and there's no denying it. Right, right. So my practice looks like one thing. You know, it's it's really very disciplined. It looks like a routine, but so does my self-care. It's a routine of wellness um, that I do every morning, after, every afternoon, every night, every evening. It allows 
it leaves space for moments like this. Mm-hmm. And some days that routine takes me to a place and I, I, I can't I can't even begin to comprehend like where I am or how it happened or what's going on here. Yeah. Like yesterday, someone sent me something about a, a program, a study program somewhere. And it was, it's a big deal. And it, and it encompasses a lot of the work that I do. And, and I was like, are you kidding me? Am I alive? Is this happening? Is this real? You know, when you, when you dreamt it, you talked about the dream and then you said one day that should happen and then it happens. You know, I know enough, I know just enough to always be amazed at what love, God, universe, however you call it, is doing. Me too. I mean, it's the, it's the joy of my life. Dr. Barry, it is the joy of my life to know that there is always something that is going to happen that's going to make my soul sing. Every day, there's going to be an experience. Yes. Yeah. I, the other day, there was a turtle that walked up <laughs> in the yard. And I called my daughter and started taking pictures. And she's like, what? And she goes, I'm going to go out and take a picture. I'm like, no, leave it alone. She goes out and it stops. It won't move. <laughs> it's just there. And then she comes back in and the turtle's like, nope. And it turns away from the back door and walks over to another side. And then we sit here as this turtle digs a hole, plants its eggs, and then does it again. Wow. Huh? Wow. That is so beautiful. I didn't know I needed that. Right. I've gone my whole life and never experienced it. I didn't know how much I needed it. I know. I totally get it. It's like the God that I understand as being God shows these experiences every day. All I have to do is be present for them to appreciate them. And to me, when you tell me that story, it's like that was a gift to you from the universe. Just saying, here, share in this Uh, moment of creation. Bonnie was like somebody opened my account and dropped a million dollars in it. I get it. I, <laughs> I I love see this is the thing about you. And this of course this is just my experience from watching you. That's the thing. It's like my soul recognizes your soul and, and feels connected to the shared experience that we have had, you know, and it's just so beautiful to me. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to get to speak with you today. Well, thank you. So, so Dr. Barry, tell, tell folks what's new with you. What's new and upcoming? Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on social media almost anywhere under Dr. Bertice Berry. But the new things, I'm doing a lot of work um, virtually. A lot of my work has turned to virtual work, which has been wonderful because it's given me the opportunity to write more. I have a novel that I'm just finishing the last edits. I keep saying that, and then I go back in and do something else. It's called (laughs) Black World. It's about a corner of heaven that was given 
to enslave people to endure and get through. And it exists even now. And you can go in and out of consciousness and end up there talking to greats, living and dead, um, at any time to create any new thing you want to create. I'm working on internal diversity assessments. Uh, here comes a hawk. Oof. Nice. Um, Wisdom. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm working on a book on spiritual practices. I'm driving my granddaughter to school and listening to Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> that all sounds wonderful to me. For more information on self-love, the Akashic Masters, or this podcast, you can go to www.graceofhealingnc.com. Audio and music production is by Linda Go. To connect with her, you can go to kamalacove.org.